I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm JT Timmons. And today we are back with another ghost mail. Woo! You have ghost mail. Keep sending that ghost mail. We are chugging right through it. And boy, do they! Yes, <laughs> yes, we love it. We love it. Um, we recently just got back from Washington, Georgia, and we'll get into our experiences with that in just a second and tell y'all a little bit about how that went. And then, oh, yeah. um, but before we get into it, JT, you got some announcements for us? Yes. First off, we want to welcome the new uh, pair of junkies. So. The new pair of junkies we'd like to welcome are Sophia Sandoval, Miss Sarah, Monique Kilkoff, Joe Hargroves, Ashley Bain, Patrick Welsh with the Paranormal Society of Savannah. Thank y'all for always supporting. AU, Martha Tarr, Amanda, Brandy W, Sarah Tremblay, Jerica Barcelo, and Brianna. Thank y'all so much for becoming pair of junkies and, uh, we won't let you down. <laughs> yeah, the Parajunkies definitely had a good time while we were in Washington, Georgia, because they got some really fun exclusive content, live streams, all the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, we did a whole um, private live stream investigation of Chris's haunted room, which was very Yay, fun. That was my great. haunted room. <laughs> it was very haunted, and we honestly can't believe he survived. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we would. Uh, Debria t- definitely doesn't think. <laughs> The entire time up until when I was dropping her off at her house, she was like, we made it. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> We're alive. We're alive. We're alive. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, real fast, y'all. Uh, just a reminder to rate us five stars if you haven't already on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just all of it. Wherever you listen to it, if there's the ability to rate us, please rate us five stars because it, it helps out a lot. And um, also, just real fast, the Radio Play release date is Wednesday, June 14th. It's official. Wednesday, June 14th. I'm going to have it ready, and uh, we're going to upload it for Para Junkies only at first and then uh we're gonna kind of you know talk to the pair junkies get their feedback before you know we start writing episode two because we do want to turn this into a series but you know we want to uh make sure it works first so it's gonna be really really cool so far it's awesome like it's done it's done being cut right now it's in sound design it's really cool uh so yeah we just got back from washington georgia how about you tell everybody how that was give them a brief synopsis of the episode to come a brief synopsis that's a loaded question <laughs> yes. uh, because it's a lot that happened um overall very haunted town very very creepy uh very sweet people but creepy oh, yes. oh yeah um, you know which is what i think they lean into is just how eerie I think they, yeah, they're they're definitely embracing the idea that what they have to offer is a location wide open for for discovery. Uh, We stayed at the Fitzpatrick Hotel, which is a 
intensely haunted building. Um, it has many stories to it, but a lot of the stories may be beyond our scope, really, to be honest. Um, it's sitting on top of an old cemetery. It is uh, the site of multiple deaths. It has a lot of uh, just austere you know, uh, luxury to it because mm-hmm. it's a big, luxurious hotel. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's, we had a lot of interaction, uh, more interaction than I have seen in an Estes method. Um, just direct response. Yes. Very much. Uh, we even had a moment where the ghost seemed to be telling us to go to another location in the building mm-hmm. and we had to like pick up and go to another location just because it seemed like we were you know, engaged in a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the children's spirits, which are said to be some of the more active ones in general, for sure are. Um, <laughs> and you'll see that in the episode. Yeah, from what I've gathered, because I was in the Essie's Method, so I have I only get bits and pieces <laughs> of what <laughs> I am perceiving is going on um, just from the words that I'm getting. Um, but it seemed like it was two little girls. They were said to be twins, um, things like and that. And I was saying that the most- because they were so close in age, uh, as far as what we were, what we discovered about the two girls who passed in the, in the hotel, that they were close in age. They, no one ever said they were twins, but of the period, two girls close in age would often probably be referred to as twins or, you know, mm-hmm. would certainly have that, uh, that I- identity of mm-hmm. they probably dressed alike. They were, you know, uh, and they looked alike, so there was no reason because I think they were both. Uh, we were told both under six when they passed. Yeah, but it was funny though because um, w- one of the questions I think that was asked was, "How old are you?" Oh, right. Yes. And one of the girls popped through in the spirit box, and it was very distinct. I could tell which one was talking. The younger one was very persistent, and then the older one seemed to be, you know, kind of just the like overarching conversationalist. Um, but at one point somebody must have asked who, how old are you? And one of the girls said six. And then the other one immediately comes through like, no, she's seven. Yeah. No, she's seven. That was wild. It was wild. It was so weird to be on the other side of that because yeah, we're hearing the questions and the answers are coming hard on top of each other. And it was interesting. But yeah, so you'll have to go and watch the episode, but they were very, very active. It felt like they were wanting, um, somebody to talk to, like, Uh, the hotel spirits in general are like, oh, yay, somebody to chat with. And mm-hmm. unlike um, a lot of spirits in Savannah who are just so inundated with uh, attention, they're like, oh, I'm so fat with attention. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, you know? I don't need you. I don't need to show myself. It, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true. I think I, I was thinking that basically it's not like the the Allegheny Insane Asylum. It's not like that where, you know, they get people all the oversaturated time. Oversaturated. Yeah, right. not oversaturated at all. They were like, oh my gosh, you know, like there's someone here to talk to. And they were just talking and talking and talking. It was actually amazing. I was telling Debria, you know, this is one of her first ghost sons ever. I was like, don't get spooled here. Do like, not get yeah. spoiled. This is not <laughs> how it usually do goes. Not usually talk that. It was very active. And it kind of brings to light this interesting thing because the trend of, of haunting tourism or ghost tourism, you know, um, there are hot spots. You know, Savannah, Charleston, St. Augustine, New Orleans, uh, uh, Salem, you know, that, that, that just rise to the top because people are like, oh, well, that's the haunted place. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, there are ghosts everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are probably more compelling and more 
alarming ghosts in small, quiet mm-hmm. places. So, um, you know, Washington, Georgia is not really on the map for many people, uh, even knowing where it is, much less that it has something to offer like a, a, a wonderfully haunted hotel. Yes. Um, and a lot. Yeah. more than that even like we was uh, it was like gorgeous there it was super pretty it's like that deep south look man mm-hmm. so it was great so yeah look forward to that episode because yes. it, episodes i episodes would imagine is, yeah it's yeah. gonna be many it's many, many be, hours of, of it's footage. many many hours and and uh the pair of junkies are definitely getting exclusive uh with it but yeah we're gonna um we're gonna have one bulky episode and then maybe a part two uh, nice. you know, we just really have to see how it plays out. Obviously, if it's like if it's like 160 minutes or something, then we're gonna have to like you know turn it into a two parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, we'll see what's up with it. Um, but yeah, you want to jump into some ghosts, mail, ghost mail. Also, if you're into the paranormal, go visit Washington, Georgia. Absolutely, like, do it, do it, do it, do it. All right. This one is from Jay Garcia. Um, they sent in two stories. Uh, so the first one is called The Haunted Photo. Ooh. Ooh. Haunted Photo. All right. Hey, Madison, JT, and Chris. My name is Jay, they, them, and I am from NYC. I discovered your podcast through TikTok, and I have thoroughly enjoyed them and learned more um, in the paranormal. Now, on to the stories. For context, me and my family are sensitive to the other side due to our grandmother formerly practicing in Santeria. Uh, this had, which, <laughs> that, if you don't know what that is, um, that's very powerful witchcraft and uh, very, very potent for bloodlines. So, yeah, mm. I can imagine that you guys are <laughs> oh, yeah. having lots of experiences. Absolutely. Now, this has led to these three great stories um, happening to us and lessons. Now, on to the stories. The haunted photo. When I was 16, 2016, me and my mother had moved into a house out in Jersey. It was a lovely home in the suburbs. It had two story, um, it was a two story house that the former owners had put up for sale. When we moved in, everything was normal, but in the room that I had chosen, there was weird things that would happen at night. At night above me, I would hear movement in the unoccupied attic. And during the day, I felt like I wasn't alone in my room. Eventually, I brought it up to my mom, and she told me to ignore the noises. I did, but it still kept happening until one day we were moving stuff into the attic. On the attic floor, right under where my room was, was a set of photos of the former family. Yuck. Mm. (laughs) Um, We kept it downstairs and and left it with the owner's mail so we could give it to them. That same night, the movement was now downstairs, and to me, it sounded like pacing. The next day, the owner's daughter came to pick up their mail, and we showed them the photos. They were very thankful for them, since apparently they were photos with her father in them. Um, That was when I learned that the reason the family left was because the father had passed away due to cancer, and he helped build the house upper floor. Since the photos have been gone, there has been no activity in the house, and my mom still lives there to this day. Well, that makes sense as well. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot of times photos can bring at least residual energy with them because it's kind of capturing someone's energy. Um, there are, well, and it keeps them in form. Right. You know, um, 
uh, old portraits are classics when you see old yeah. portraiture like of, of people like yeah exactly mm-hmm. you know when you have old portraits and old pictures um they oftentimes help a spirit define themselves and Oddly enough, it can inspire spirits that don't have form to take on a form. You know, if you have a prominently displayed painting and a spirit doesn't really have a form, it could look yeah. at that painting and be like, oh, yes. Like this Look one. at the lovely picture of Mrs. Pope we, we, we acquired, we acquired well, here um, while, while gallivanting about Washington. It is a... Um, it is a frightening looking, and I'm sure she was a lovely woman. Let's not sure. let's let's not go with uh, look how terrifying this woman is. But the picture, of course, is, uh, is pretty creepy. Um, and the scratches are from a cat, allegedly. So don't be thinking it's a demon, y'all, because I know everybody's gonna be like three scratches. Um, but apparently, um, the, the cat got to it. The cat got to it, and the story was is that the woman who gave it to us went to the one of the Pope family's home. And they were like, oh, I don't want this photo anymore, even though it was a relative. So maybe it was Mrs. Pope who wasn't. As- yeah. And I feel like I feel like just going back to the story, yes. I feel like the uh, when you build something, mm-hmm. you are attached to it in a way. Right? Oh, absolutely. Because you yeah. because you've constructed you put that energy. Sweat, yeah. tears, and I, yeah, time. I built the I built the fence in our backyard, and it's like one of my most. Like, I, I'm so proud of it because like it was my first fence ever, and I did it by myself. And you know, I had to do the string along the the top to to make sure everything, all the all the posts were even. Or yeah, and it was. And so I feel like um, you know, if I died today, I'd probably haunt that fence. So now you know where to find JT when he dies, I guess. Sure, he has a theater to, to, <laughs> to haunt. To haunt but no, but he's, oh, yeah. He's just oh, going to be hanging right. around a fence. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That sounds about right. Oh, gosh. But um, we'll hop on into the next story okay. then. Um, this one is called The Invisible Roommate. Oh. So for context for the title, my sisters and I live in our um, childhood home. And within our home, we have a ghost slash poltergeist that lives with us. They are quite calm and mischievous. They like to hide my stuff and then place them in different places. Sounds like a fae. Um, no fae daddy's here. I know. I'm just joking. No, it very well could be just a spirit, but I like to assume it's a fae. Mm-hmm. Um I had affectionately called them our invisible roommate, and they have also proven to be able to have a good judgment on people. This is the story. For a brief time, one of my sisters let her uh, best friend live with us, and things were chill. However, when we started dating, or she started dating, not we, they did not start dating (laughs) the guy. Um, However, when she started dating this guy, the once calm, um, invisible roommate became strangely more active. Hmm. At random times, especially when the guy was there, uh, there would be knocking heard in the walls and the spirit would randomly appear to us. For me and my sisters, we would see spirits in different ways. One sister saw them as just a face fading away. Uh, The other saw them as blurry shadows. This would be important in the final story. And for me, I would see them as a figure-like imprint. Um, Like when you stare at a light too long and you see the light shape. Eventually, Invisible Roommate had gone rowdy to the point of taking the best friend's phone off the charger and knocking their cup off their desk. When she had ended things with the guy, Invisible Roommate had calmed down, and that was when we learned that the guy was scamming other people and taking their identities. Oh. 
Ooh, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Funny enough, it was Invisible Roommate who showed us this by leaving another woman's social security card on top of our dining room table right in the middle. Whoa. That's a guardian angel. That might be your grandmother. Right. uh, Because I've heard that story many times, which is being in a bad relationship and all this haunting co- starts cr- um, really cropping up mm-hmm. until the relationship is dissolved. Wow. Um, I knew a woman who, uh, she was like, I'd never had any weird experiences until my honeymoon. And I, from my honeymoon until my divorce, we were plagued by these things. But once she got divorced, over. And it's, I That's think it's a family member who is who is looking out for you, you know. Being like, get this guy out of right. here, you it, know? It's fascinating because, I, and I've heard that, like, I would say a handful of times that kind of story comes up where somebody's in a, a, a relationship and the other person is diabolical. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and oftentimes criminal, which is the interesting thing because I was like, I was going to, I was going to bring up criminality, but yeah. uh, it's a part of the story. But uh, that was the case with this woman was that her husband was a was a criminal. And that's insane. It's that's just like how so cool. interesting that that, you know, guardian angel or or family member looking over you comes in and says, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. And how do I tell you it's not right? Put the social security card on the table and be like, evidence, evidence, <laughs> <laughs> get him out of here. Oh, yeah. Well, the last story is called The Undertaker. This story is more of my sister's, but it's just as sad and creepy. Some background, my sister has always had spirits interact and help her even if they, um, even when she doesn't know them. My sister was in her early 20s. She had to go into surgery for something simple. However, she had a feeling that something was going to happen during the surgery. Our family told her that nothing would ha- uh, go wrong, and then she went into the surgery. However, the simple surgery had turned... For the worse and leading her to almost die. She was comatose for three days and placed in the ICU and had a breathing apparatus helping her breathe. When she was coming to at the foot of her bed, uh, she was uh, at the foot of her hospital bed was a talking blurry shadow figure. Um, when she couldn't see a, while she couldn't see a face in the shadow, she heard a voice in her head telling her that she was going to be okay and that she would be recovering well. However, at the time, our great aunt was really sick. So as my sister quickly got better, our aunt's health got worse. Eventually, my aunt passed, and a couple days later, my sister was out of the hospital. Mm. Our immediate family feels that our aunt's spirit decided to give her life so that my sister can live. However, to me, it felt like a divine being helped my sister, but a price had to be honored. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to see and hear my stories and let me know what you think. All the best, Jay. Well, goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, we had a story like this before um, right. about, a, about a month or two ago where and I think it was actually a little bit darker where there was something in the hospital room that was trying to take her right. Right. to death. Right. Um, and this was the exact opposite. Right. Trying to yeah. give her well, life. You wow. know, it very well also, again, bringing up your grandmother, just because your grandmother was a known, like, very powerful witch, um, it's very possible that your grandmother could be kind of just the overseer of the family, you know? Well, and it falls into the lines of Santeria, yeah. bloodlines, and, and familial, and, and bargaining, you know, mm-hmm. making making bargains. So there's there's a lot to go, and, and uh, 
it might be, oh, gosh, I wish we knew someone who practiced Santeria to talk about it because it's I, a fascinating It is, but it's uh, such a closed art. practice. It's a very closed it's, practice. I was about to ask, is it closed? It, 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 it seems it, like it, it Well, be. Yeah, very. it's familial. I mean, and it's it's such a grand example because it, it has a lot of, of um, absorption of culture because mm-hmm. it has the base of Catholic faith mm-hmm. you know uh, that and it's fascinating because it does go in this in this amazing realm where it's like do you see what a belief structure can do you know um because in in catholicism you, you'll find many people who are praying to mother mary uh more than you know uh, god and jesus there mm-hmm. there's 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 a whole tract and and then there's the recognition of every saint and the saint's responsibilities and, the, right. and what the saints can do. So there are people who carry their pendants of each saint. Or so there's there's so many amazingly um, culturally significant uh, attributes to faith and how faith serves us. Mm. And and in times of of dire need, lots of stories of people who are visited by their their faith icons those divine beings that they mm-hmm. cultivated a relationship with uh so yeah i'm i'm fascinated that's very interesting yeah it's very interesting and if you go into the realm of you know um faith beliefs if it was some type of divine entity it could have been a patron saint or patron or matron and um kind of deity of some sort but um, usually in the case of if you're being visited by a deity, they don't necessarily, now this very well could be because she was um, coming out of comatose, but mm-hmm. um, usually you don't see them as shadowy beings or it's things true. like it's that. It's usually light. Yeah. So. Um, but that's not to say it, It's not to say it's other. not impossible, yeah. but um, I lean more on the side of it could have been just a family relative of some sure. sort, you know assisting in a very serious situation. Bartering, bargaining. Although right. many people have claimed to have seen, you know, the the actual death, the angel of death, right. the Grim Reaper, or whatever you want to call it. And it's possible that death was on its way and said, oh, somebody else has, has stepped up. You know, right. Somebody hmm. else has, has come in. You're okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going. Going to get the aunt. But... Um, very sad, though. Very sad yeah, story. Very sad. Um, so this next story is from Sarah Stewart, and it is titled Paranormal Story, our favorite type. <laughs> hey, guys, I recently discovered your podcast on TikTok and have become obsessed. Thank you very much for yes, listening. Thank you. I uh, love all the work that you do. I have lived in southeastern Alabama all my life and have heard some spooky things growing up. My sister and I moved to a new home on the edge of the city limits around two years ago. About a year later, while I was just, it was just my dog and I alone, I began hearing doors slam shut, sounds of people speaking or yelling, and my dog would look at the wall like there was something there. I would always check inside to see if my sister came home and outside to see if it was my neighbor's. Each time there would be no one around. My door, uh, no doors shut or moved and no television or radios on. Thought it was strange, but didn't think much about it. One night I let my dog outside around 10 p.m. before going to bed. I have a fenced in backyard and behind that is a large patch of woods. Once my dog goes outside, she usually takes a quick look around and does her business. This time, however, she froze in place and began growling at the woods. 
My dog is a Doberman and is very protective of me and not easily deterred while in protective mode. I thought it must have been some deer or some other animal and not to think too much about it. However, I then began hearing the rustling of leaves in the woods and looked up. I saw at least four pairs of eyes in the woods staring straight at my dog and I. These creatures had a red eye shine, stood around five feet tall, and made a strange grunting noise. They were, on all, uh, they were on four long, thin legs and had pitch black fur. After staring at us for about five minutes, they would walk away, stop, and walk away again until they were completely out of sight and earshot. It's like they just disappeared into thin air. They walked in unison like a pack of wolves or deer. It was extremely Whoa. creepy because there were no other sounds, no wind, no birds, no bugs, nothing. I had to practically drag my dog back into the house after this experience. I've always been used to wildlife in our neck of the woods and know the kinds of things not to mess with. However, there is nothing that would be the same height, have the, the red eye shine, make the same noise, or be in the pack like that in my area. It could not be deer, hogs, bears, owls, foxes, rabbits, etc., any hunter that I have asked could not imagine what animal it could possibly be. Wow. Please share your thoughts. Feel free to share this story to anyone or on any platform. Thank you, Sarah. Goodness gracious. Creepy, creepy thing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm from, uh, I was born in Tallahassee, so very close to southeast uh, Alabama. Alabama. And actually, it's very funny because Red Eye Film Productions, our, our you know, uh, Kiwan and I's first and, and main company, our like our umbrella company, mm -hmm. um, is named after imaginary creatures. My dad used to tell me about, uh, you know, actually in Tallahassee sometimes about these creatures that would look inside your window and they had like beaming red eyes. And, you know, that was my first introduction to horror. Thank you, dad. And um, <laughs> I just loved it. I loved it. And so it's just like, it's when she was painting the pictures of them, I'm like, that's kind of how I remember Red Eye. And that's why our, you know, that's the umbrella of this entire podcast. That's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that's very interesting. Yeah. So right off the bat, the description reminds me of the black dog, mm -hmm. which is a uh, cryptid paranormal thing that's oftentimes seen in wood lines. Um, I think, there is a couple of black dog stories in this area, one out on Oatland Island and one uh, at uh, Buttermilk Sound. Uh, so the black dog uh, is very much an oversized, near wolf-like black hound. Uh, oftentimes you only see his eyes glowing. Um, and sometimes I think they're referred to as red, but mostly it's that dog, you know, that animal right. glowing eye that you sometimes will get. Uh, what I find interesting is that it is a pack. <laughs> that there's right. multiples. It's that makes it very intriguing because uh, the black dog is almost always solitary when people uh, claim to, to encounter it. Mm -hmm. But to think that there might be some kind of pack of these supernatural creatures out there that's yeah. interesting mm -hmm. you should read the graphic novel bone because oh, yeah, you bone. just you just right, right, described yeah. <laughs> the creatures in bone it's true super super rat creatures <laughs> the um you know the the first thing i kind of thought of was hellhounds um yeah. in a way but which would make a, a bit of sense of the pack like nature right. 
But I don't remember if she said it, how many there were. There were four? This actually, yeah, uh, yeah I think Maybe. there were four. I think there she were said four. four sets of eyes? Let's see. Yeah. That's why I, I thought think she it was said. four. I think it was four. And, um, you know, just while she's looking that up, I actually have just a quick story about uh, when I lived at Rice, on Rice Mill in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- like, j- when I was in uh, probably freshman or sophomore year of high school, I we had this big window that looked uh, out into our front yard, like big old window. And one night, and I, I don't know why I'd stay up this late, but I was up super, super late, probably 3, 4 a.m. And I looked out this window and I saw the most insane looking creature low to the ground, almost as low as like an alligator would be, but also panther-like, moving panther-like, and it crossed our driveway. And to this very day, I have not been able to say or what it is. And I've described it to people and they don't know, you know, the best thing I got was panther or like a coyote, but like... This thing was long and it was big and it was way bigger than a coyote. And if it was a panther, it was a massive panther. But it was so low to the ground, like it was hunting. And it had these long strides. And I was just like, I remember seeing it, and it crossed crossed the road and went down into the forest across the road. And I was just like, what on God's green earth is that? And I told my, my dad the next day, mom and dad the next day, and they were like, what, you know, were you high? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of crazy wildlife uh, in, in this region. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we, we, we had a coyote in our yard um, earlier this year. Oh, really? And it was like, oh, weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's because they're doing a lot of construction and clearing out the woods and the woodland. I, I used to live backed up to the woods. Now I have a lovely view of a construction site <laughs> um, uh, so I imagine that you know you can get any number of things and there are wild cats but you rarely see them they usually you know. don't get out into the roads like that but yeah. very interesting um, so she did say there were um, four in the uh, pack in the pack will, sure which is odd and that's the four that you can well. see right you know but there's a lot of mythology, too, into the idea of hellhounds with um, Hecate and yeah. things like that. If you're into, you know, the belief of deities and whatnot. Right, but right. Uh, and, they, you know, most of the the old deities have interesting roots. You know, there, there was something. There was mm-hmm. something that led them to to construct the the stories and the and and the lore that let them understand what was going on. Now, did she say that she was shining a flashlight? No, no. She said so they were glowing. Yeah. yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there was light behind her. Maybe. Well, maybe yeah, yeah, I would, I would love to know. Night, but but I if mean, there was a street lamp anywhere nearby, yeah, the street yeah. lamp, then yeah. that could that could make the eyes red of like something. Well, she said it was a red eye shine. So, hmm, weird. That's yeah. very weird. Yeah. All right. So, wow. Yeah, thank you for sending we that story, and crypt- that's super creepy. We yeah. love a good cryptid story. Yes. But, uh, this next one is from Orla. Um, I like that name. I do too. It's a very nice name. That's a uh, Bert Crusher. Uh, Bert. Bert. No, that's um, Isla. That's Isla. Yeah. (laughs) Close, though. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one is a quick little story. Um, I must have been about seven when my grandma died. I loved my grandma as a child, and when she died, I didn't really understand where she went. 
Apparently, I went three years still thinking she was alive. She would visit me on the edge of my bed. Her head would be out the window. That's creepy. Uh, Keep in mind, my room was on the second floor. And any group gatherings with my mom's side of the family, she would always be there. I didn't remember any of this until recently when my dad told me he would find my diary I had when I was little. And he said I would always describe her with no eye dots. As I got older, I could recognize that it wasn't my grandma, but just looked like her. Oh, no. Was just asking to see if anyone else had similar stories or if um, you have any kind of explanation because it keeps me up at night sometimes. Love your podcast, Orla in UK. Goodness gracious. Well, that is, a quick, that is a quick but horrifying yeah. image. I recently uh, had a discussion about how mimicry Mm-hmm. Uh, in the supernatural world, uh, is, and it's generally not good. Uh, generally, uh, a, a spirit that tries to mimic someone you love is trying to get to you. Get to you, absolutely. Um, uh, and your belief that your grandmother was alive, or your your misunderstanding, miscomprehension, is a great door for a dark uh, entity to attempt to get close to you. Uh, try to uh, engage you, connect with you. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a classic. No eye dots. Uh, no demonic. eye dots, like pupils. Yeah, no pupils. Yeah, no, so it's no just pupils. Yeah, white. White or black or, now, you know. Mm-hmm. I just know for a fact that if your grandmother who loves you lots is going to visit you, she will make sure she has pupils. Yeah, she'll put her eyes on. Right. She'll <laughs> put her eyes in. She'll be like, God, can I have my pupils back so I could so I don't want to so I can swoop frighten in my grandchild. My child, gracious. But you know, and that is, it's interesting because this is something that comes up in a lot of folklore: is that when the mimics come, when a demon tries to look like a human, they can't get it quite right. That's the right. plat that's, eye story. That's the, the plat eye story is that they look like a human, mm-hmm. except they can't get it quite right. So oftentimes they only have one eye, or you know, there's something disfigured about the person so um and 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 in part it is because by lore law a demon cannot uh fully imitate somebody who has the grace of god you know they they just cannot Mm -hmm. you know because humans ideally were given life through this divine force and so a demon can't fully do it and so um there are lots of stories about the two-face where they they're perfect on the front but in the back they're all messed up yeah. mm-hmm. because they put all the imperfection behind them so they'll always face you you know so no matter what you do they, they don't want you to see all past the, the facade right now why would if that is her let's say it is her grandma right why would her grandma choose night to visit like I feel like I feel like when when my nini dies and if she wants to come visit me, I feel like she's going to do it in broad daylight and in a really sweet way. It's just not way. that easy. Or yeah. she'll just leave me pieces of things, right? Um, well, but so that's a great question. The the truth of the matter is, spirits use the same mental and and uh, uh, spiritual energy that we do. And when everyone's awake, we're all gobbling up that energy. Mm-hmm. And so spirits don't necessarily have enough. And that's why I always say like daytime ghosts are usually very powerful. If you're seeing a ghost during the daytime, if you're having experiences during the daytime, they are, they are swimming in the channels of all the living minds that are eating up that psychic energy. They are actually powerful enough to sit at the table with everyone else. But late at night, yeah, especially that three o'clock hour, 
where most people are asleep, that watering hole is wide open, and then the spirits can can come, and and that's why uh, even even the loved ones will come at night, not because they don't want to, or not not because they're not there during the day. It's because they can't really show themselves while everyone else is is occupying space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, we 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 tend to forget that ghosts don't have anything like a body. They don't have anything. You know, all they are is a is is an energy. And it's dampened by the more people. And we talk about this with ghost hunts. If you bring too many people on a ghost hunt, yep. you're probably diminishing your odds because all that activity, all that mental activity is really yep. mm-hmm. going to create uh, issues. So if you do bring a large group of people, break them into small groups and send them as send far them away elsewhere. from each other as possible because the more people in an area, the less psychic energy there is for the spirits. Yeah, I, I, Definitely. I think that, you know, there's there's very little that you can draw like conclusions about ghosts. But I think what you just said basically proves it draws that conclusion that ghosts are going to appear more at night because more people are asleep, consuming less energy. Mm -hmm. And. I can't really imagine a world where we would be talking to those two little girls at the Fitzpatrick um, two, two, two nights ago um, during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have right. been a different different experience. It Although, would. you know, it, it, it also, the, the, we were lucky enough to be alone in the Fitzpatrick. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, there could have been, you know, any number of things. Although, there were many stories in the Fitzpatrick's about objects moving, not just moving, but being flung about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there is a powerful entity that we actually did not come, come in contact with. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we came in contact with a spirit that was strong enough to throw things. Right. But it was in the building. Yep. You know, I, I have no doubt that there was. So we, we will have to go back mm-hmm. for, 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 the, for the object chucking ghost. Yes. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, my grandmother, um, when she passed away, she would, when I was little, I would tell my parents that she would come to visit me at night, and they'd be like, well, how do you, how do you know it's her? And I'm like, mm-hmm. she would come in through the light in my window. Um, what freaked me out about your story was that her head was sticking out the window, so almost right. like she wasn't fully able to enter, enter like which, fully enter which is is also kind of indicative of trying to get that connection mm-hmm. you know in a lot of in a lot of folklore you'll hear well i guess it's primarily in vampire lore you will hear that you have to invite the the, the thing in and without that invitation so looking like your grandmother is a great way to get an invitation Oof. you know you 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 disguise yourself as a loved one and then you go to the most vulnerable you go to the child exactly mm-hmm. and the child's like yes come in you know come come be here um so yeah there is a there's a lot to <laughs> lot to unpack and yeah it was it was very concise but very frightening mm-hmm. you know it's very solid um creepy creepy story creepy creepy story big yikes big yikes um so this next one is from alexis Limkey. Mm-hmm. um two stories of paranormal activity all mm. right all right yes so Hello, I am Alexis Limkey, and I just started listening to your podcast, but I love you guys, um, your guys' content. Um, To give context and a little background, my family on my mother's side has a long lineage of magical and spiritual women who are all connected to the other side. My own gifts include seeing spirits and feeling their presence and have been familiar with death since I was a child. 
My experiences started early when both my great-grandfather and my father passed when I was young, two and six years old. I have been to and have lived in many haunted places, and here are some of my stories. The first story takes place in a house in Winter Park, Florida, which is outside of Orlando. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who don't know where that is, very haunted area. Um, Middle middle Florida is very creepy. Um, Which had many spirits, both playful and harmful. One morning, my brother and I went to go to our designated playroom when we both froze in our tracks. A tall, slender shadow uh, with a top hat. Oh, boy. A hat man coming oh, through. Oh, boy. And a long face stood in the doorway. We didn't move as we watched it move from the doorway across the walkway and through the wall connecting to my grandparents' room. Moments later, my grandfather angrily ran out of the room yelling that someone was tickling his feet. Ew. Ew. I hate a foot tickler. <laughs> I hate that. Um, waking him up from his sleep. To say the least, we moved out of that house real fast before we became a screenplay for a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> the second story happened later, uh, happened years later in a house in Lakeland, Florida. This house had the spirit of a little girl who we named Emily and made her present known, presence known playfully and often. So my best friend and I would stay up till 3 a.m. talking about normal girl things on the regular. Well, one night as we were winding down, we heard what sounded like a plastic cup dropping in the kitchen. We were worried that my little brother fell when he was getting a glass of water since he was known to wake and go into the kitchen for food or drink late in the night. However, my friend and I both agreed that we had the feeling it was something much more paranormal since it was the witching hour. As moments passed, we finally gained the courage to go check the kitchen and get a cup of water for ourselves. We reached the kitchen only to find that nothing was out of place. Now freaked out, we ran to our room and agreed it was time for bed. Not even a minute later, we heard the same bang in the hallway right outside the door to my bedroom. We immediately rolled over and went to sleep, ignoring the presence of the ghost. This house was definitely interesting in my childhood uh, because as my spiritual gifts were developing... There were many nights where I was woken up from my sleep to find that the clock read exactly 3 a.m. We moved from the house in 2016, but to this day, my family has had many other paranormal stories throughout the years. Thank you for sharing my stories and have a nice day. Sincerely, Alexis Limke. All right. Um, And then she sent like another. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The quick little thing that she sent immediately after to add to this ghost story. I was actually watching the hat man episode to realize that the first story included in my ghost mail was actually a hat man. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a a crazy coincidence. It was was definitely a hat man. Um, Yeah. I mean, both of those sound very classic you know first off hat man very classic you know just man in the the doorway just the watcher spirit that we've talked about so many times with the hat man um the second one sounds a bit more like poltergeist or like very borderline poltergeist activity you know it's like that noisy ghost sort of deal um you know it was very possible that you guys just heard the ruckus that it was creating and then it realized when you were awake, they were like, Oh, now I can go bother these people or right. whatever it is. You know, uh, it didn't sound to me like anything malicious. It was just probably just whatever the ghost was feeling up to in the <laughs> night or practicing it's uh, moving object skills, I guess, because a cup falling over, I can imagine a plastic cup 
pretty simple. Sure. For I mean, you put it back. You would think. So good, yeah. good for him. Yeah. Right? It was like practicing its telekinesis skills. Right. So it was <laughs> like, zip. <laughs> right. Every now and then you'll hear stories about spirits that that clean up, which I'm I'm dying to get one in my house. Right? You know, it's like you hear these ghosts that, you know, oh, the ghost did the dishes. I was like, what? I don't get I'm those. I'm over here with a screaming, bleeding skull, and you get a dishwasher? It's so true. Um, when I was at Scad uh, Oglethorpe House, there's a ghost in that dormitory that there was in one room where there was like the story of this kid who during finals week fell asleep at, at their desk with all their art projects splayed out everywhere and they woke up and everything was in like nice little piles right. around yeah. them. And I'm just like, I could use that so badly. <laughs> I'm the queen of doom piles. I need... Yes, I, I need an organizing ghost. <laughs> I need an organizing ghost. Executive uh, function ghost. <laughs> please, please executive function for me. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's a... Uh, uh, it definitely sounds like, you know, if this little girl spirit is actually a little girl spirit, then, you know, kids do the darndest things, even Don't as they ghosts. So. Absolutely. You know, um, but thank you guys so much for sending in your stories. All of these were super interesting and creepy, creepy. Um, <laughs> so thoroughly creepy. So hopefully y'all enjoyed listening to them. If you have a ghost story that you want to send in, you can send it to us at ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Also, feel free to send in your hometown stories. Uh, if you have a ghost story from where you live, it uh, doesn't have to be specifically to you, just if you know that one haunted house that everybody talks right, about. Right, local legend, local lore, the kinds of stories that kids tell, the the, the house that you don't trick-or-treat at, all that good stuff. Yeah, send Let it in. Let us know about it. And also, if you have any questions about the paranormal or, or spiritual nature. Send them on in. Drop us a line. But with that... Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.